standing on the promises. And I'll ask you, if you will, to stand. We can't sing this one sitting down. 323. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let his praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God, standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises that cannot fail, when the howling storms of back to uh, number 296 number 296 no not one 296 we'll sing the first and the last stanza there there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus no not one no not one none else could heal Like the lowly Jesus. 
Good to welcome to our Wednesday evening service. Seniors tomorrow morning at 8.15 at Eagle Lake Diner. Be there for breakfast. And that's the only announcement I've got. Usher, would you come? Let's receive the offering. We'll take, go through our prayer list in a minute. Anybody that um, you didn't get a prayer list? Any of you didn't get a prayer list? Wayne, when, when you, okay, Danny's going to do that for you. Okay, come on over, fellas. <clears throat> Let's bow our heads for prayer and ask the Lord's blessings on the offering and on that service here tonight. Brother Smith, will you lead us in prayer? Look over your prayer list. If you have an addition, let us know. If you've had a prayer request been answered, let us know about that. I, uh, I would like for you to add uh, Glenda Williams. This is Pam's sister. She lives in Louisiana. And about a year ago, or maybe a couple years ago, she, in one of the thunderstorms out there, the place got flooded. She lost her home, her everything, everything she lost flooded out and she lost it at work so they got a new place got new new furniture and everything and got settled in and now they've had another flood and she's lost everything again so uh, remember her in prayer and pray that she can get get all that straightened out and get a place to live and some furniture brother McCoy had back surgery today uh, I haven't heard anything anybody in here that you've heard anything heard anything Brother Tony hadn't heard anything, or at least he didn't tell me anything. Um, I guess he went ahead with it. I hadn't heard anything to the contrary. I guess none of you have either. Everybody's looking at me like I don't know anything either. <laughs> so, <clears throat> all right. Well, he's on the he's on the get well list there. So uh, remember him. And um, in the hospital, Gene Bates. I know some of you probably may not remember. Gene used to come here years ago, and um, he's, he has cancer along with some other things. He's in hospice. Pray for him. Harvey, Harvey Carter, that's my brother-in-law. He's still, still hanging on. 
and Wayne, Wayne Jenkins in hospice, and uh, Danny Sykes in the hospital. If you, um, if there's any of these that you want to change or take off, um, let us know. We, well, I put uh, I put Carter Cruz over on special needs, also to get well. <clears throat> so you'll find him over there on that section. Anybody else? You have an addition. Megan, let's see here. Put Megan Stiegel back on there. What was that name again? I thought I had it spelled. You got me confused, John. Another way. All right, someone else. Okay, oh, up on the balcony. that name again? Tracy. 
me on. Okay. All right, stand again. Take your songbook, Bill. Can you? Okay, if you will, let's turn to 337, 337, 337, trust and obey. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still. Trust and obey, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise, not a cloud in the skies, but a smile quickly drives it. doubt or a fear, not a sign or a cheer, can abide while we trust and obey, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey, and on the last, then it fell. Sit at his feet, or we we'll walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do, where he sends we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and you and you may be seated. Are you doing the online field tonight? Testing? Attempting? Well, I was going to say we may get kicked off after tonight. So. <laughs> now, I've been... Uh, some of you have been asking now for quite some time if I would teach on and you've named particular cults. Um, <clears throat> so I thought I would do that. I, a number of years ago, I did a series of lessons on the different the, the cults, and there's a bunch of them in, in America, a lot of the cults. <clears throat> and, um, but that was back in the 90s, so it's been a while. <clears throat> But I thought I'd do some of the more prevalent ones, and tonight we're going to be looking at Jehovah's Witnesses. So look with me at uh, Romans chapter 10. <clears throat> Just get us started here. In the, in the religious world, <clears throat> quotes, in the religious world, 
occult, what is considered occult is if they deny the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, they're considered occult. And uh, you'd be amazed at the, some of the, what seem to be, in some areas anyway, you know, more prestigious groups, big buildings, you know, all kind of good stuff. <clears throat> but, um, but they're in reality occult because they, they do not believe in the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, don't teach that. In Romans chapter 10, verse 2, it says, For I bear them witness. Now, he's talking here about Jews, but we're talking about Jehovah's Witnesses. I bear them witness. They have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, <clears throat> have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. If you ever come in contact with a Jehovah's Witness, you'll know that they they do have a zeal for God. <clears throat> Nobody would deny that. They're zealous. They're they're and yet they are like they're like the blind leading the blind. <clears throat> they're like Jesus said, they have a zeal, but it's not according to knowledge. If you have it uh, in your life, if you have it lifetime, if you haven't uh, already experienced them coming to your door, I'm quite sure that sometime uh, during your lifetime you will experience that. They are, they're, they're very zealous. Somebody said if, if Baptists had the zeal of Jehovah's Witnesses, we could win the world. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> but sadly, uh, a lot of Baptists don't have that zeal, do they? But, uh, but when, you, when you face the Jehovah's Witness, they always go in pairs, you, you face them, you're facing a pair of Satan's soldiers. You're going to be looking at two demonic deceivers. They always go in twos. They're, they're spreading their poison throughout America like fire growing through a dry forest. They have a zeal that's hot. <clears throat> they have a sincerity that's warm. But they have a doctrine that's as cold as death. <clears throat> now, we, you know, we, those that know anything about, about the Mormons, um, they know that Mormons are kind of strange. They have some strange things that they do. <clears throat> but I want you to know tonight that Jehovah's Witnesses are a strange bunch too. When you know what their, what their doctrine is, what they really teach, <clears throat> you'll understand what I mean. They, uh, I'm sure that, you know, most of you know they, they do not observe Christmas. They despise Christmas and decorations. They, they don't allow their children to celebrate Christmas. They don't put up Christmas trees. Uh, they decry it as a pagan celebration. They call it blasphemy to God. Uh, they, you know that they're opposed to blood transfusions. They refuse to select the flag of America. They refuse to vote. They're not a part of any political party. Uh, they won't even serve in the armed forces. You can't get them to pledge allegiance to the flag. You can't get them, get them to carry a gun. You can't uh, put, get them to put on a un uniform. <clears throat> and they have no more loyalty to America than they do to the Chinese communists. They're by their own definition, and I quote from their writings, they're servants of Jehovah, 
the almighty God and active witnesses to his sovereign supremacy. Some of you may remember, I've told before, <clears throat> I, when we were in Bible college, I met a fella, and we, we kind of became, you know, buddies at uh, college there, <clears throat> and uh, we, we did a lot of talking. He had been a Jehovah's Witness. In fact, he was the leader of one of the kingdom halls. I don't know if they call their, their preachers pastors or not. But uh, he was the head. He was the grand poopah of the uh, kingdom hall there in their, in their city. <clears throat> so he, 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 he told me a lot. A lot of the stuff I'll be telling you tonight I got from him. He told me he knew firsthand because he was, uh, he was the head of uh, one, of those, one of the kingdom halls. <clears throat> and um, he... he um, told me they are like, like, like the Mormons. They'll use language that sounds good sometimes, but they mean something different. Like the Mormon, you think the Mormon, when they, when they come talk, you think they're independent Baptists, but when you, when you dig a little deeper, find out that, <coughs> that uh, now you talk about a far-out cult, the Mormon religion, that is a far-out cult. We'll maybe deal with it next Wednesday night, but if we get through with this one here tonight. <clears throat> um, they, they claim, uh, interestingly enough, they claim to be followers of Jesus Christ. They claim, they claim to love Jesus. As a matter of fact, they reject any association with what they call the religious hypocrites of organized Christendom. In fact, they define it any Christ any organization or individual that's against Jesus or against Christianity. Uh, that is their brand of it. <clears throat> if, you're, if you're against Jesus or you're against Christianity, you're an antichrist. Uh, Brother Skipper uh, told me, and he told me about how he got saved, actually got saved out of that, <clears throat> and, um, and, and the Lord had called him to preach. He told me, he said, uh, they consider Baptists, all Baptists or any Christ. They have a list of uh, people and organizations they define as any Christ, and uh, <clears throat> some of them, you know, they, they are. <clears throat> but they, <clears throat> they brand you as an Antichrist if you're a communist or if you're a supporter of the United Nations. And I kind of go along with that, too. <laughs> And if you're a Baptist preacher, you're definitely an antichrist. <clears throat> so uh, there's so much involved in all of it, I'm, and I don't have the time to go through and give you a detailed history of this cult. <clears throat> so I'm gonna, I'm just, we're gonna have three points. We're gonna, we're gonna deal with here what they, what they have to say about the scripture, <clears throat> and um, what they have to say about the Savior and what they have to say about salvation. <clears throat> Number one, what do they say about the scripture? If you were to sit down with a Jehovah's Witness and, and you were to ask them, do you, do you believe the Bible? What do you base your doctrine and your theology on? And he'll tell you that, that uh, he bases everything he teaches, everything he preaches on the Bible as the word of God. They'll tell you that. They have a little doctrinal book entitled 
let God be true. And here's what it says, and I quote, to, to let God be true means to let God have the say as to what is the truth that sets men free. It means to accept his word, the Bible, as the truth. Hence, in this book, our appeal is to the Bible for truth. Now, that sounds good enough, but then they go on to say another statement on the word of God, and I quote, the Holy Scriptures of the Bible are the standard by which we are to judge all religions. <clears throat> That's a good statement, too. And they go on, <clears throat> and I quote, The word of the Most High God is the only dependable basis for faith. Now, if you were to take those three statements and put them, put them together, it makes, a, it makes a wonderful paragraph. It fit right into our Baptist belief. Sounds very good. <clears throat> but you see, one of the problems with a, with a cult is this. They make, they make the... Um, cleverest lies sound just like the truth. <clears throat> and uh, I was reading uh, something about the cultures and so forth, and they uh, <clears throat> it is said that they'll they'll give about ninety percent truth and ten percent error, but the ten percent error ruins everything. But if you ever, if you've ever noticed, uh, <clears throat> I remember years ago back, I hadn't been saved very long, and and um, I was watching this TV program, and and this guy, I I turned on, he was already preaching, <clears throat> and I thought this guy must be a fundamental Baptist. I mean, it was he was right down the line, just everything right down the line, and then he started coming down. He, you know, I started, I noticed he was kind of getting down to the conclusion. And so for about the last 10 minutes of the message, he, he just tore everything he'd ever said all to pieces and, and just, you know, just crazy, the craziest stuff you ever heard of. And um, any of you ever hear of uh, Armstrong's Radio Church of Tomorrow? <clears throat> well, this was his son, Garner Ted Armstrong. Real nice-looking fellow, dressed nice, and, and boy, I'm telling you, he had a speaking voice that uh, you'd, you'd envy. But but um, a cultist, and just and and just, but but the point is, that, you know, they can mix enough truth in to get you in, <clears throat> and then they spring the error on you, <clears throat> and um, that's the way it is with with really with all of all of these cults, <clears throat> they will dress everything up. Make it sound like it's legitimate, and make it sound like it's you know it's uh, the, and, and that they believe the word of God and all of that. But uh, when they're talking about the Bible and they refer to the Bible as the word of God, he's not talking about the Bible that you've got in your lap tonight or this Bible here. He's talking about this Bible here. This is the New World Translation of the Holy Scriptures. This is the Bible of Jehovah's Witnesses. This is not. The same, they they twist things around to fit their teaching. <clears throat> they have no qualms about it. I mean, they they'll mess it up something crazy. <clears throat> but but that's what they're talking about when they're talking about the Word of God. They're not talking about this Bible. They're talking about this Bible. That's the Word of God to them. <clears throat> so um, <clears throat> and they have. Um, they have also <clears throat> the the founder <clears throat> of uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, a guy named Charles Taze Russell. 
Russell. He was the founder, and uh, he had what he called, he called, there was a book that he'd written called Studies in the Scriptures. And now listen to this. This is what he said. People cannot see the divine plan by studying the Bible by itself. That is, you, you can't pick up a King James version of the Bible, turn to the Gospel of John, read it, and understand God's plan for salvation and understand God's word for you. The Jehovah's Witnesses teach that the Bible is a closed book and you cannot un unlock the door to understand it unless you have the Jehovah's Witness key. And then he goes on to say, and I quote, be it known that no other system of theology even claims or has ever attempted to harmonize in itself every statement of the Bible, yet nothing short of this can we claim. That's what, that's what he said. In other words, nobody ever really understood the Bible until the late 19th century when God sent Charles Taze Russell down to earth so that you and I might understand the Word of God. But we've got to use the Bible that, that they have written and not the Bible that we use. So, so that's where they are on the Word of God. They don't believe the Bible that we use. They have their own Bible, the New World Translation of the Holy Scriptures, and then they have those other two books that, that I mentioned to you that those actually take precedence over the Bible. You have to use those to understand even their Bible. So, so the, uh, to them, the Bible is a closed book without the keys that they claim you've got to have to understand it, which are book writings that they have written. So what do they say? What do they say about the scripture? Second thing, what do they say about the Savior? Now, strictly speaking, Jehovah's Witnesses are what you and I would call Unitarians. They do they do not believe in the Trinity. They not they do not believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They believe in only one God, which we do. All we believe one God, but we believe that He's in three persons. The Godhead consists of three persons. But they believe this one God is only in one person, and they say his name is Jehovah. Now, if you ask a Jehovah's Witness, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? He'll answer you, yes. But then if you say to him, do you believe that Jesus Christ is coexistent, co-eternal, co-equal with God the Father? He will say, no. He will say, I believe that Jesus is the Christ. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that Jesus is the Old Testament Jewish Messiah, but I do not believe that Jesus Christ is equal to God. You see, Jehovah's Witnesses believe that there are many gods, little g. There's only one God, big G, but there are many gods, little g. They believe that Jesus was the first and the highest and the greatest of all the little g gods that God created. They believe that Jesus did exist prior to being born in Bethlehem. They do believe that. But they teach that in his pre-earthly state, that is before he was born, Jesus was not God. Now listen, they teach that Jesus was really the archangel Michael. And that he was the first created being and the chief representative of God who came to this earth. Pastor Russell said, and I quote, he was the highest of all Jehovah's creations, 
So also he was the first, the direct creation of God. <clears throat> now listen carefully. He said, if Jesus was a creation of God, he cannot be equal with God because the uh, creation is never equal to the creator. The creator is always above and greater than the creation. The creation is always submissive to the creator. And so he said that Jesus was just a creation of God. Now it goes on to say this. It gets better or worse, whichever way you want to look at it. God the Father created Jesus, and God had two sons, Jesus and Satan. In other words, Jesus and Satan are brothers. They teach that the devil is the brother of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so they're more, they're more, Satan and Jesus are more than just men, you know, ordinary men like us, but, but less than God. So uh, they, are, they are creations of God. As a matter of fact, they go ahead and they teach very clearly that Jesus was distinctly and clearly inferior to God the Father. They have a magazine they put out called the Awake magazine. You may have uh, heard of it. You may have even seen it. They used to put, a, put them in a lot of the doctor's offices you know, and places like that. And uh, you'd see them in the magazine racks at some of these places. And they also uh, had a, they have a magazine called The Watchtower. And this, when they come around to your house, that's the one that they try to get you to take. And, uh, and in the magazine, uh, and I quote, it said, The fact is that nowhere does the Bible teach the equality of Jesus with God. It teaches the very opposite. It shows the Son to be in subjection and hence inferior to the Father. Now, notice, notice what they said. They said to be in subjection to someone means you're inferior to someone. And that's not true. That's not true. Wives are to be in, in subjection to their husbands, but wives are not inferior to their husbands. The Bible does not. The Bible teaches that they're equal. Husband and wife are equal, but, but they're to be in subjection. There has, there has to be authority, no matter what it is, whether it's a home whether the church, whether it's the government, the business, there has to be authority. Army, Navy, Air Force, everything. There, there, there's authority. There's ranks. God ordained that. God's the one set that up. Not, not the preacher, not the president, not uh, it's God. God set that up. Everything, there has to be authority in whatever that is. And, uh, but that doesn't mean you fear. I was in the Army. Uh, there were, we, we had our uh, company commander when I was in basic training was a colonel. But I didn't feel inferior to him. He was, he was above me in rank, but I was not inferior to him. I was just as good as he was. I put my shoes on the same way he did. Uh, I never felt inferior, but I, but I was in submission. I was subject, subject to his authority. Uh, but but according to their teaching, um, subjection means inferiority. And so, so they say that the Lord Jesus was in subjection to the Father, so he was inferior. Uh, therefore, 
Jesus, and just reading this now, therefore Jesus before and after his earthly existence was simply the highest spiritual creature of God, but during his life on earth he was a perfect man, but Jesus was never truly God. Now here's the problem. The Jehovah's Witness cannot understand truth, two truths simultaneously. He cannot understand that Jesus Christ was man and that Jesus Christ was God. He was the God-man. He, he can accept his humanity, but he cannot accept his deity. See, I said it begins what, what the religious world considers a cult is anybody that does not accept the deity of Jesus Christ, or in other words, that he is God. You see, they... They reject the incarnation of Jesus, but they do accept the virgin birth of Jesus. They believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, but they believe that he was some kind of a spirit-human hybrid. He was perfect man, but he was not the God-man. He was not fully God and fully man like we believe, and like the Bible teaches. But they just believe that he was all man and no God. <clears throat> well, immediately we come up with a problem there. If you'll turn, turn to John in your Bible, turn to John chapter 1. I want to read you what they have to say in their Bible. <clears throat> have you got it? You got John chapter 1, verse 1. All right. Let me, read, let me read you what it says in their Bible, and you compare it with what it says in your Bible. In the beginning, the Word was... And the word was with God, and the word was a God, little g. The word was a God. This, was, this one was in the beginning with God. All things came uh, through him and, and some. And then uh, verse 7, this, this man came for a witness in order to bear witness about the light that all people of all sorts, I, I think you're in, that they're speaking there though about John the Baptist. But anyway, up there in verse 1, you see, they don't, they don't capitalize God at the end of the sentence because they don't think that Jesus was God. He was a little God, little g. I don't have, we don't have the time to go into other scriptures that they, distort but um, but I want you to see first of all the pre-existence of Jesus it says in the beginning now where do you find those words where else do you find those Bible those words in the Bible well you go back to Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 don't you in the beginning that's before there was anything else in the beginning was the word that's the pre-existence of Jesus he is the word he's in our Bible he's called the word and it says the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And that's talking about Jesus. So in the beginning was the word, that's the preexistence of Jesus. Then we see the position of Jesus and the word was with God. That is, Jesus was in fellowship with God. And then I want you to see the person of Jesus and the word of God. Now, it, it, that makes it pretty plain to me, and I know it's pretty plain to you too, that that pretty well settles the matter. Jesus Christ was coexistent, co-eternal, and co-equal with God the Father. Now, how do they get around that? How did Jehovah's Witnesses get around that? Well, by just translating it differently. 
that quite nicely in their Bible. And they said, well, you know, we're going to make the Bible fit our teaching, our doctrine. <clears throat> so uh, the Word, the Lord Jesus, was a, a God. And now here's their contention. The reason why they don't believe in Jesus is they say, the Jehovah of the Old Testament is not the Jesus of the New Testament. And to try to equate Jesus in the New Testament with the Jehovah of the Old Testament is blasphemy. Now, the, the name Jehovah in English is the equivalent of the Hebrew word Yahweh, Y-A-H-W-E-H. And that word is used over 7,000 times in the Old Testament, referring to God. Now, this name, the name Jehovah, was so sacred that the Jews would not even speak the name. They wouldn't even say the name. As a matter of fact, uh, whenever a Jew would be reading his, his Bible, the word that he had, when he'd come across the name Jehovah, he would stop, bow his head, and close his eyes, and say a prayer uh, of praise to God. Whenever a uh, Jewish uh, scribe would take up his Old Testament scroll and begin to write, so he didn't have the printing press yet, so they had to copy. The scribe, that's what the scribes did. They copied the scriptures. And, and when they would begin to read from the Word of God, when they came to that name, they wouldn't read the name out loud and and they they would uh, there would be a moment of silence just in honor of that name and whenever whenever they would be when it be the time for them to write that name translate it uh, transcribe it in the Old Testament one scroll from another whenever he'd be writing that down and making those copies when he come to the name Jehovah he would take that pen and discard it, the one he'd been writing with. He'd come up to that name, Jehovah. He would discard that pen, take a clean pen, and he would, he would uh, take the clean pen and place it there, and go and take a bath, and come back, take up the clean pen, and write that name. And then he would discard that pen and, and take up take up another one. Uh, now, you you think about uh, we just I just told you that there are over over seven thousand times in the Old Testament alone that that name is found in the Old Testament. So they were pretty clean people, weren't they? <laughs> Those guys that were trans that were scribes, they were transcribing the Bible. <clears throat> so. Um, the Jehovah's Witness tell us, now why don't you take the name of God as serious as the Jew does? Why don't you, why don't you Baptists who talk about loving God and, <coughs> and worshiping God, why don't you give God the same respect that, that they do? Well, what he doesn't understand is the greatest way to respect Jehovah is to love Jesus. They say, wait a minute, the Bible does not equate Jehovah in the Old Testament with Jesus in the New Testament. <coughs> well, let's do it. I don't have, I've already had COVID, so I don't have COVID. This is not a COVID call. <laughs> well, what, 
I guess it'll be like this for the rest of our lives. Lord. Every time we hear somebody call for sneezes and everything, they've got COVID. <laughs> I get some strange looks whenever I start talking about all that stuff. All right, let's look here at uh, some things to show that the Jehovah of the Old Testament is, is the Jesus of the New Testament. <clears throat> um, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. You don't have to turn there. I'll, <clears throat> I'll read it for you. <clears throat> if you can turn fast, go ahead. But uh, it says, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Now, there, there's that word, the Lord. That's that that's the word Jehovah. Uh, prepare the way for Jehovah. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Now in Matthew chapter 3 and verse 3, look at what John the Baptist believed that whoever Isaiah was talking about in that passage, he was preaching, John the Baptist preaching about 750 years later. And listen to what John the Baptist said. <clears throat> For this is he, he's talking about Jesus. Now he's, he's pointing out Jesus. He said, <clears throat> this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now in, that, in the Old Testament, Isaiah 43, I just read it. It says, prepare the way of the Lord or Jehovah, it would be it would be uh, the same as Jehovah. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Now John the Baptist said, "For this, this Jesus, he was pointing out Jesus. This Jesus, this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, said, the the voice of one cry, uh, crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight." Now John the Baptist said that that uh, Isaiah was talking about Jesus. <clears throat> and yet when you read that in Isaiah, Isaiah didn't mention Jesus, did he? He mentioned Jehovah. Now, if you're still there in Isaiah, <clears throat> uh, turn back to chapter 41 or turn over to 41. Chapter 41, look at verse 4. <clears throat> who, hath, who hath wrought and done it, calling the generations from the beginning... Uh, that was a question. Who hath, who hath wrought and done it, calling the generation from the beginning? I, the Lord. Now, there's that word Jehovah again. When you see that there in the Old Testament, that's speaking of Jehovah. I, I the Lord, am the first, and with the last, I am he. <clears throat> now, in Revelation chapter 1 <clears throat> and verse 17, it says, And when I saw him... This is John, now this is the Apostle John, different John than John the Baptist. John, he said, when I followed him, he's talking about the Lord Jesus now. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. That's what they said about Jehovah back there in Isaiah, right? So John says, Jesus said, I am that same one. I am the first and the last. Now, uh, chapter 43 of Isaiah, verse 11, I, even I, am the Lord. There's that word again. I, even I, am Jehovah. And beside me, there is no Savior. 
Now in the book of Titus, chapter 2 and verse 13, Paul said that we ought to be looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Isaiah said, Jehovah said, the Lord there, Jehovah said, uh, I, I, am, I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Beside me there is no Savior. And in the New Testament, it says that we're looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So he's talking about the same person, right? And then um, in the book of Psalms, chapter 24, chapter 24 and verse 10, it says, Who is this king of glory? The Lord. Now there's that name again in the Old Testament. The Lord of hosts, he is the king of glory. That's in Psalms. All right, over in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 8, and Paul again talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, which, which none of the rulers of this age knew, that is, they didn't know who Jesus was, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Who is this Lord of glory? Back in the Old Testament in Psalms, Jehovah is that Jehovah is the Lord of glory. In 1 Corinthians here, we see that Jesus is the Lord of glory. So, uh, Isaiah said there's only one God. He's the Lord of glory. Paul said Jesus was the Lord of glory. So, there can be no doubt that the Jehovah of the Old Testament was indeed the Jesus of the New Testament. Now, of course, we believe, in, we believe that the Godhead consists of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But each of them is God. God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son. <clears throat> so, uh, I mean, how are you how are you gonna how are you going to justify the teaching that Jesus was not God? How are you going to do it? Well, you, you got to change the Bible. You got to change the Scriptures to do it, and that's what they've done. That's why they have their own Bible. They don't, they don't accept our Bible. They, they've got their own Bible. And they've, they've changed the scripture to suit their teaching. You want to know how to really get to a Jehovah's Witness? Now, let me say this before I go any further. If a Jehovah's Witness comes to your door, you're not supposed to invite them in your house. Now, you can read that in Second John, the book of Second John. If, if if somebody comes there who denies that Jesus Christ is God, you're not supposed to invite them into your house, and you're not supposed to bid them Godspeed. Because John said, if you do that, then then you're you're taking part in their message. So, you know, um, you know, you know. I know they're they're trying. I know it's a temptation for Baptists anyway to want to. To want to witness to Jehovah's Witness, want to win them to Christ, and I have, I've done that. And I asked Ray Skipper. I said, "Who, uh, since you were, you know, you were the Grand Poopaw of the Kingdom Hall there, uh, how did you get saved?" He said, "Well, I, I worked with a guy. He was a Baptist, and he just, you know, he just patiently, day after day after day, he would just, you know, he would just, uh, he was. First of all, he was 
he was a witness just in his his life, you know, just the way he conducted himself, you know, and all that. <clears throat> but uh, but he would just say things and quote scriptures and and all that that uh, without you know without being overly aggressive or anything. <clears throat> and and he said I began to and he would give me things to read, you know, and um, he said I I just began to see that. Man, there's a big contradiction in what the Bible says and what Jehovah's Witnesses teach. And and so he finally, after, you know, months and months and months, he said, I finally came to the conclusion that Jehovah's Witnesses' teaching's wrong. And so he accepted Christ. <clears throat> and uh, he was a guy about my age uh, back then. I was, I was once young. And... Uh, he hadn't been he hadn't been saved long when he went to Bible college there. But he went back he went back after graduating. He was in my graduating class, and he went back up to Northeast. He was from uh, New Hampshire, or Massachusetts, one of those countries up there, one of those foreign countries up there in the Northeast. And uh, he he would uh, sometimes you know he would write after he found out where I was. And well, I, I even before I even left college, I knew where I was going to be, so I, I probably had already given him his address. <clears throat> but there was even a time too that he called, and he'd gone up there to start a church. And um, last I, you know, last I heard from him, he was you know he was still going at it. <clears throat> but um, that was a long, long, long time ago. But but it is possible. What I'm, I'm saying all that to say that it is possible to lead. A Jehovah's Witness to the Lord, but it's not going to be on a one-time thing. Uh, you're going to because they have been, and he said, on, when when they come to your home on Saturday, he said, don't you know, don't it, you're wasting your time if you try to lead them to the Lord because before they go out on Saturday, they come to the Kingdom Hall and they have a brainwashing session. Session, and he said, we, I, you know, I was, I was the one that was teaching that and. And and we you know we just hammered in their head over and over again, don't don't listen to the person that you're visiting. You, if you get somebody to let you talk to them, and, and especially Baptists, if you, you know if it's a Baptist, uh, don't listen to them. Don't listen to them because they're going to try to lead you astray. They're going to try to lead you <coughs> to their you know their doctrine, their teaching. <coughs> so don't listen. So he said. It's highly unlikely that you're going to lead one to the Lord when they're on their mission. That's what they call a mission when they go out on Saturday. And they also like to visit on Sunday. And because they see if, if they, they go to church and people are home, I mean, go to a home and people are home on a Sunday, then they know those people are not churchgoers. So, they, so to them, that's a prime prospect. So he said they'll, they'll go visit place on Sunday and when they find people home uh, a lot of them you know will let them in they'll they'll lead them astray <clears throat> um, but when you you know if, if you ever are talking to one ask them who do you worship who who do you worship and and he'll say well I worship Jehovah God 
And so you, you say to him, well, would you agree that no one should be worshipped except Jehovah God? And they say, oh, yeah, yeah. And you say, wonderful. Now turn to Exodus chapter 34, and I want you to look at verse 14. I'll read it for you. For thou shalt worship no other gods. For the Lord, there's that name again now, is God, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. And he'll agree. So then turn to Revelation 22 in verse 8. Revelation 22 in verse 8. I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren, the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship, worship God. And, you know, that's the question. Do, do, you, agree, do you agree with that angel? And, and he'll say, yeah, I, I do. You should only worship God. All right. Turn to Luke chapter 4 and verse 8. And Jesus said to him, get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God. There, I mean, there's that word, Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. You see, Jesus said only God should be worshipped. And he's think, he thinks he's, uh, you know, the, the guy you're talking to, Jehovah's Witness guy, he's, he thinks that he's getting you ready now to become a Jehovah's Witness. And then you say, now let's turn back over to Matthew chapter 28, verse 9. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, all hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. That's Jesus. And he's going to, by this time, he's going to kind of be getting a little crooked look on his face. And uh, because he's, he's going to realize that, here, you know, if Jesus could not be worshipped, he was not God and could not be worshipped, why did he let them worship him? And then uh, John chapter 20, verse 37 Here, this is where, by this time, when he reads this, he's going to turn white as a sheet. And Thomas answered and said unto him, who is it? So he's talking to him, Jesus. That's when the Lord appeared after the resurrection. He appeared. Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. You see, uh, No question, no question that the Bible teaches that Jesus is God. He's God. And that same word that's used in the Old Testament over 7,000 times of Jehovah, Lord, is used as Lord Jesus in the New Testament. Jesus said to him, to Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they have, who have not seen and yet have believed. Now, if Jesus was not God, why 
why did he why did you tell Thomas that? I mean, even Jehovah's Witness says that Jesus in his humanity he was perfect, you know, he was he was the perfect man. So he'd have to admit, you know, that Jesus didn't lie. So, I mean, what's what's he gonna do here? What's he gonna do with this? Uh, now let's hurry on. I, I just, Eight o'clock right now, but I got one more point. Uh, anybody need to leave? You got an emergency? You got to leave? Uh, I'll I'll try to do this in a hurry. What do they say about salvation? Uh, let, let me say this before I get on to this next point. One time we lived in Orlando. This Jehovah's uh, Witnesses came to our house. The first home we lived in there in Orlando, and I wasn't home, but Janice was home, and so. Uh, she came and uh, Janice answered the door. She was very polite, you know. You don't you don't want to be rude, uh, even to a Jehovah's Witness. But but uh, uh, you know she started talking to her. Janice, <clears throat> when she recognized that she was a Jehovah's Witness, Janice asked her. Said, uh, "Do you believe that Jesus Christ is 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 the Son of God?" She said, and the Jehovah's Witness said, "Yes." And Janice said, well, do you believe that Jesus Christ is also God the Son? And she said, no. And she she turned around and ran, ran out of the yard. She ran out to the ed edge of our yard, pulled her shoes off, and took them. That wasn't Janice. I'm talking about that's what Jehovah's Witness did. <laughs> she, was, she was shaking the dust off her feet from... Uh, from that uh, antichrist that she was talking to. <laughs> All right, what do they say about salvation? What did the Jehovah's Witnesses say about salvation? Well, let me break this up into two parts. I want to talk about their message of salvation, and we're going to talk about their method of salvation. Now, what's the message? Their message is not Jesus saves. Do you know what the, what the message of Jehovah's Witnesses is? God is sovereign. God is sovereign. And what they primarily preach in their kingdom hall is they preach the sovereignty of Jehovah God and his millennial reign on earth. Pastor Russell said, and I quote, Today, the great issue before all heaven and earth is who is supreme, who in fact and in right exercises the sovereignty over all the universe. Jehovah's primary purpose is to settle this issue. In other words, they say the primary purpose of why we're here is not to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is not to get lost men to come into the kingdom of God. The primary purpose that we're here is simply to preach the sovereignty of Almighty God. As a matter of fact, they say Jesus didn't even come to die for the human race. Russell again says, and I quote, the primary purpose for which Jesus came to earth was namely to bear witness to God's kingdom, which will vindicate the sovereignty and the holy name of Jehovah God. They're concerned with one thing and one thing only. They're concerned with the coming kingdom of God. That's why when they worship, they don't worship in churches. Do you know what they call their buildings where they worship? Kingdom Hall. Their kingdom hall. Because that's their whole theme, the kingdom of God. Now, what is their method? 
You see, I'm, I'm trying to tell you, about to tell you why they go out and knock on doors. You may think they do it because they love God. They don't do it because they love God. <clears throat> they, they, they do it because that's the only way they're going to get into the kingdom. They do it out of fear and, and not because they, they love God. One of the, one of the things that you, you'll discover about cults is that all cults believe in a salvation by works, not a salvation by faith. Now, here's the interesting thing. Jehovah's Witnesses say that there are two classes of people who are going to be saved, that are going to be in the kingdom. They, are, they call one the anointed class, and they call the other the other class. Now, the anointed class are 144,000 people who they pick out of Revelation, who are actually Jews, according to the Bible. But they, they, uh, they pick out them as being the anointed class of Jehovah's Witnesses, those 144,000. Those are the religious elite. They're the, they're the class of their class. They say that only 144,000 people are going to heaven. Now you think about that. Only 144,000 people are going to heaven. Well, what happens to all the rest? That, at, um, at one, I saw at one time, it may be more than that now, I'm sure there's more than that now, but at one time there were around uh, two and a half million Jehovah's Witnesses in America, just in America. And, um, and they're called the other class, second class, and they're going to be left on earth to spend eternity in a permanent physical body now here's the question how do you become a part of that 144,000 that anointed class how do you get how do you get into that elite group well it's here that you discover they don't believe that you're saved by faith you're saved by works you know who gets in whoever knocks on the most doors whoever knocks on the most doors See, that, that's what motivates them to get out on Saturday and Sunday, get out various nights to go out and, um, you know, with their Watchtower magazine and, and, and all that. So I, I, don't, I don't know at what time, uh, you know, they're going to tally up how many doors all these individuals knocked on. So I guess they must have... Uh, somebody's keeping count, and uh, and you imagine, you know, somebody coming before the Lord and and uh, say, "Well, your name's not on here. You're not one of the 144,000. You're going to be left out." Can you imagine that person said, "Well, how, how many how many doors I knock on?" And they tell him, "If you knock on one more door, one more door." see how silly that is you see how silly that kind of stuff is but millions of people believe all that and yeah, I don't know so where, do, where does that where does that leave us where does that leave everybody else if you're not a Jehovah's Witness if you're a Baptist or a Methodist or a Lutheran or Presbyterian um Here's the good thing. Here's the good news for us. We don't have to go to hell. 
because there is no hell. They teach there is no hell. So, so we don't have to go to hell. They believe in annihilation. It's going to be, you know, you're going to poof, you're gone. That's it. You're annihilated. And that's going to be the end of us. They believe in just total annihilation. They deny any concept of hell, any concept of eternal punishment, eternal, uh, any kind of, any concept of any, any uh, eternal separation from God. They just simply believe that at the end of times it's going to be nothing, just absorbed into the universe. Now let me let me kind of sum things up. Just let's just take a minute here. Number one, they deny the Trinity. They deny the Holy Spirit. They deny salvation by grace through faith. They deny hell. They deny the love of gracious God. Number two, they distort the Bible. They have taken the Bible and retranslated it and retransliterated it and twisted it and, and, and distorted it until you cannot even recognize what the Word of God is according to them. And thirdly, they have degraded the Savior and see, that's the cardinal sin because they have, they have denied the absolute lordship of Jesus Christ. They have denied the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I believe in Jehovah God and the Jehovah God who was the father of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. I believe he is my heavenly father as well. But the only reason that Jehovah God is my heavenly father is because when I received the father's son, I was born into his family. <clears throat> so that's basically what um, Jehovah's Witnesses are all about. Heavenly Father, I ask you to bless the lesson. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, that we receive instruction from your word and from, uh, and even from a lesson like this tonight where we learn some of the teaching of, of this cult that, um, that we might be able to use these things and in talking to those who believe that um, in, in, in the context of where maybe somebody that we work with or somebody in our community that we live next door to or, or whatever it may be that we would at least have somewhat of a knowledge of what they believe and be able to talk to them then in an intelligent way and, and show them from the Bible, from the scripture that uh, how, how wrong that teaching is and how right the teaching of the Bible is and, uh, and be able to lead, lead, lead them to the Lord. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the truth that's found in it and we pray that you help us Lord that we'll be better witnesses. So I pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, I guess we, we won't give an invitation tonight since all of you look, I've been looking at your faces and all of you look saved. All right, would you stand please? Anybody learn anything new tonight? Anybody learn anything new? One, Bill, you learned something new. All right, let's bow our heads and be dismissed in prayer. Brother Bradley, would you dismiss us?